0: Hi, welcome to Upfront. My name's Rachel. This is a podcast where nurse practitioners come together to share, discuss challenges, and inspire. The goal of this podcast is to bring NPs together and build a community in a profession that can often feel isolating. We're here to learn more about NPs working in Canada, why they do what they do, what they love about their jobs, and what inspires them to continue doing the work they do. So thank you so much for listening today. I completely recognize you might have multiple people in your life saying, hey, listen to this podcast I heard, which is great. And there are so many great podcasts out there, but it does take specific intention to listen to something for 20 plus minutes. And thank you so much for taking the time for this one. At this point, I'm just making these once a month as I make time to do so. And I'm truly so thankful to the three NPs I've interviewed so far, as well as all you listeners. And especially big thank you to those listening from other provinces. I would love to try and connect with some of you to hear about life as an NP over where you live. As I keep going with this, I just know I want to have a Canadian perspective on NPs and to continue to build a community and ownership on what we're doing in our various places of work. These interviews are just one of many ways to do that. Our healthcare system is huge and it can seem very disjointed. My hope is that through these interviews we can just get even a small glimpse of what our colleagues see day to day. So yes, I am the guest of my own podcast today. My name is Rachel, I'm a very new NP. I just graduated in October of 2019. I've spent most of my life living here in Winnipeg and I graduated from the University of Manitoba in 2012 with my bachelor's in nursing. I worked for about five years and then started my master's through the collaborative nurse practitioner program offered through University of Regina, joint with Saskatchewan Polytechnic. It's a fairly new online program and you can do it over two to four years. I did my clinic hours here in Manitoba. As far as work goes, I worked as an RN in family medicine, and then I did a few months in long-term care, and then I moved over to urgent care, which here in Manitoba operates as sort of a step-down option from an emergency department. I worked there until that one in particular was closed down due to some changes in our health system here in Winnipeg. At that point, I had had nurse practitioner programs in the back of my mind, so when I went to make the move, uh, or when I had to make the move, I should say, I applied and started school full-time while working part-time at HealthLinks Infosante, which is Manitoba's telehealth service. Currently, I've started working as an NP at a couple of the access centers here in the city. For those of you who don't know, these access centers operate as kind of a multidisciplinary primary care facility in the different areas in Winnipeg. Winnipeg is not huge, but it's fairly spread out, and we have about seven of the access centers here. Some have walk-in clinic capacity, which is what I'm doing, as well as access to primary care providers, so both physicians and NPs as their primary provider, public health nurses, primary care nurses, midwives, and then with referrals, disciplines such as social work, mental health, dietitians. the list goes on. I also work as an NP on a casual basis at a clinic up in Flin Flon, which is about an eight-hour drive north of Winnipeg. I've had the pleasure of going up there almost once a month since I graduated, and though I wasn't able to make that work in January, I'm looking forward to heading back this month. So yeah, so far so good. I'm loving being an NP. I also love not being a student anymore, but I will say the studying has not stopped. That was not really a surprise. If there's one thing the nurse practitioner program showed me, it's that there is a ridiculous amount I don't know. I know you can say that for many areas of your life, but it really has been eye-opening and I do love the challenge. I wouldn't say there was one thing in particular which inspired me to pursue becoming an NP outside of my workplace (laughs) closing down, but uh, I did know that as an RN, I often felt that if I had the education and if given the opportunity, I could help in providing quality, efficient care, especially out in the community. I really was interested in hopefully maybe preventing some of those urgent care visits I was seeing or hospital admissions. I mean, of course, in the evenings there are not really too many options of places to go if you're needing health care, but there are often urgent care or I'm sure emergency department visits that could have possibly waited had the provider maybe said, OK, for this reason, go to the ER or maybe the patient tried to get in to see their provider, but they couldn't get in for weeks and they weren't really sure what to do. Becoming an NP was one route I could take to help maybe ease that burden on the hospital system. Having spent most of my career in a hospital setting and then making this move to primary care, I can see even more clearly that hospitals, as important as they are obviously, are expensive places to treat illness. A strong primary care model in communities can help improve the effectiveness of how we as healthcare professionals deliver care and in the long run, hopefully preventing our patients from having to spend too much time in the hospitals in the first place. A typical day for me at work would involve settling in at my desk, waiting maybe five minutes for the computer to load up, and then taking a look at ACURO, the program that most primary care facilities, if not all, maybe don't quote me on that, but uh, use in Manitoba. ACURO has a record of visits the patients have had with other providers in the system, at least within the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority. Many private clinics also would use ACURO, but we wouldn't have access to those records. Manitoba uses a medical database also called eChart, which has a record of things done in a hospital setting. So maybe if the patient went in, the provider would then, well, ideally get a report from that ER visit, let's say. Uh, walk-in clinics wouldn't receive those ER reports. But in looking on eChart, we can see they had blood work done, maybe what the results are, or any, like, diagnostic tests they had done. It's also very heavily relied upon as a record of what medications have been prescribed and when and by whom. In my position currently at Access McGregor Walk-In Connected Care, so they're called WICs, the NPs and primary care nurses see those coming in for acute and episodic illnesses. So as the name suggests, it operates as a walk-in clinic, and the NPs there don't have a panel of people they see regularly. Patients there are coming in for kind of unexpected health care needs and appointments they booked the day of. The primary care nurses also do some assessments, and then they collaborate with the NPs on an appropriate plan of care. The McGregor Wick is located in the north end of Winnipeg, and in conjunction with a couple other sites and access centers, we service an area of the city in which there's a large population that would fall into the lower socioeconomic status bracket. Many of our patients do not have regular providers or they've been inconsistent with going, so we do our best to first of all do an assessment and help treat what they've come in for, but then we also do a lot of navigating with them of the healthcare system and kind of do our best to point them in the direction of their provider or um, a provider or whatever other resources they're needing that day. It can get complicated, you know, like someone comes in with abnormal uterine bleeding, which should really be dealt with by their regular provider, but they haven't seen that provider for a couple years, or they can't remember who they would be connected with already, so they just came into the the walk-in clinic, or they can't get in until next month, and it's concerning, of course. So we assess and figure out what needs to be dealt with that day, and, and then really do some education on what needs to happen next. It could take a few weeks even to get in to see their provider, so our plan of care usually includes when to present to the emergency department or urgent care, or when to come back to us in the meanwhile. As far as research goes, I haven't done anything outside of what was required for school. I'd certainly love to figure out what that could look like for me, but for this first year at least, I'd like to focus on transitioning into this new role as an NP. I plan to take extra training and certifications as they come up, for example... I just finished the methadone prescribing course offered through the Rady Faculty of Health Sciences and University of Manitoba. In Manitoba, for an NP to prescribe methadone or buprenorphine, they have to take this two-day program and then do some shadow days with the prescriber of it. I believe physicians have a couple of routes they can take to do this training as well, but either way, any prescribers or pharmacists who are involved with the dispensing of these meds have to somehow do a specific training for it. On that topic, actually, I should say I really enjoyed the course. I knew next to nothing about opioid agonist therapy, or OAT, before going in, and while I have yet to do my shadow days, I came out of those two days feeling much more knowledgeable on the topic of OAT and opioid use disorder in general. I'm not completely sure how this will be used in my future practice, but I'm certainly interested in pursuing it in some capacity. If you're in Manitoba and aren't all interested in addictions, I would definitely recommend even just taking the course to see how it could possibly fit into your practice. As far as one of the biggest challenges I've faced so far as an NP, it's, it's probably fair to say it's been myself and the sort of uh, imposter syndrome I've experienced on and off throughout this journey. It's a terrifying thing at first to realize that you're not only doing an assessment, but you're diagnosing and making treatment decisions for a person who's coming to you and trusting you with their health. Very often over the last two years especially, the initial voice in my head is saying things like, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be making these calls or you didn't go to med school and so on. I'm very aware that these negative stories and thoughts I tell myself sometimes are not helpful and are mostly not true outside of the med school thing and that my six years of university has done well to equip me for this role. I will say it's definitely getting better with every shift I work. But I'm also aware that not thinking I have all the answers to something will keep me on my toes and prevent me from ever thinking I have it all figured out, and that, I think, is a healthy place to be. I'm currently working on that balance. I will say this position is not one I take lightly, and and though perhaps someone say the novelty will wear off, I really do recognize this job as a privilege. Regarding the stress of the job, I've often gone home thinking about something I might have missed or could have done better, and actually I've been reading a book on burnout called Burnout. Uh, I won't go into the whole thing, but the authors were big on people taking moments to complete the stress cycle, meaning our bodies have responded and lived through a stressful event and just living day-to-day, interacting with people, completing tasks, and so on. And we need to complete the cycle of stress our body felt throughout the day and do something to sort of decompress. So telling ourselves that, you know, the world is not completely terrible and that you did the best you could with what you had that day. Whether it's physical activity or spending time with your loved ones, laughing, deep breathing, whatever, work is not the only thing we do. So really for me, taking those moments after work to do something, of course, not work related and and taking care of myself in that way is important. So that's the difficulties of the job. One thing I love about being an NP is the autonomy. I believe that after some experience, and for sure some extended education, advanced practice nurses are doing so well in their different roles across Canada. Even though, as I mentioned, it can be stressful at times, having the ability to be able to assess, diagnose, and treat all in one visit, though granted not that's not every time, and referrals are certainly my friend, but <laughs> being able to complete that circuit of care really is a good feeling. I know not everyone is like this, but as an RN, I, I often caught myself thinking education-wise that I didn't really need to spend time on whatever it was because it wouldn't come up in my practice. There's too much to know, so I'll just focus on what pertains to whatever area I was working in at the time. And that that's fair. I mean, like, I would do my assessments, and in the end, I was not making the final call on anything. That was left to the doctors, the PAs, the NPs. I did find, though, that for myself, I was almost becoming lazy in any sort of extended education, which, if asked, I would have told you that was important to me. And I was just content to, you know, I was just showing up for work, carrying out the orders written, and then going home. Again, I realize that not everyone is like this, and I've had the privilege to work with some incredibly knowledgeable and insightful nurses in every area I've worked in. But for me now, being in this position as an NP, I'm being forced to both widen and build upon my knowledge base and area of expertise, and it's been really good for me. Well, that's about it for me for now. Uh, I was kind of nerve-wracking at first to think about what I wanted to say in this interview of, of myself. I obviously am very new to the world of NPs, and there are for sure so many nuances that I'm not aware of, even in the city that I'm living in. It's very possible you'll listen to my take on something or someone I've interviewed and then think, wow, they really don't get it, or something they may say could completely resonate with you. That's the beauty of the medium we call podcasts and the interviews you can hear on them. You're able to get a glimpse of what another person living in the same world or same country or even the same city sees. I also wanna take this opportunity to give a shout out to all the primary care NPs out there right now with a panel of patients they're caring for. It's one thing to be working in a walk-in clinic capacity, and there are for sure difficulties there, but it's another to have the responsibility to be the one following up on almost every aspect of someone's care. Even just as last week I was chatting with someone who likened it to feeling like you're constantly about to be caught with your pants on the ground. We might have been exaggerating a bit, but having just started working, I can certainly relate. Anyways, a special thanks to all you primary care NPs out there this week, handling your patient loads like champs. You might be having feelings of inadequacy or frustration, but please hear me, a starry-eyed new grad. You've got this, (laughs) you know what you're doing. As far as announcements go this month, if you're listening here in Manitoba, make sure you've renewed your Nurse Practitioner Association membership as our renewal this year changed and is now in January. If you'd like to be interviewed or know someone you want to nominate to be interviewed, I'd love to hear from you. My email will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening.